This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Congress brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. And Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. Hello and welcome back to a post-Christmas edition of the Over and Back Classic NBA podcast at HarvardProxism.com. I am Jason Mann and with me is my partner Rich Kreich. Rich, great to be back with you. Yes, yes. Hi. I assume your holidays were fantastic. Oh, they were wonderful. I got every blessing that I possibly have <laughs> ever imagined getting. So, uh, so you know, unlike these teams that we're going to talk about, I was unwilling to settle for second best. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if these teams settled for second best, but well, you know, they, they kind of had to be, unfortunately. Well, they you know. ended up with second best, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, some of us are winners in life. Some of us are champions and some of us you know were willing to um yeah. take second place yeah and i define life by uh, the amount of rings one wins or acquires and there you, know, you go yes yes and well, what well, these teams do that, 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 one, one of these teams won some but the others what, where are you guys what are you doing yeah they're not ringing not winning any ranks you know not elites in my say. mind yeah <laughs> all these guys right none of these people are elite at all so all right so we are, so, you know, we all know that the Chicago Bulls were the top 10 team of the 1990s, top, top team, the number one team of the 1990s, uh, six championships in eight years, greatest single season of all time, best player of his generation, if not all time, so on and so forth. So, you know, that, that debate, um, is settled, but I don't think it's really clear who the second best team in the decade is, you know, I mean, I, I think that's sort of worth examining in more detail because I, I think there's one strong contender that everyone would point to as the number two team but if you look at like the entire resume if mm-hmm. you look at the whole season uh, or the whole decade rather 
or the you know multiple great seasons multiple you know players with elite seasons that kind of thing i you know my thought it's not that clear yeah, no, I'm right with you. Yeah, you know, there's there's a name that'll pop up that a lot of people probably immediately assume because you know of titles and then you know some that they won. You know, when the Bulls were gone, uh, hint, hint. But if you really, yeah, if you really look at, at the overall resumes of some teams, I and mean, when you talk about the number two team in the '90s, I think you have to go a little bit beyond simply you know who won titles when the Bulls were gone or who won titles when the Bulls had left or whatever. I think it's worth going in a little bit deeper and looking at you know individual players, as you said, and also you know. Count the whole decade. You know, maybe it's not a team that that made it to the finals every single year. Maybe it's a team that you know made it pretty far every single year. Maybe it's a team that made a bunch of NBA finals but didn't quite get over the hump. But yeah, it's it's pretty interesting because I think immediately you know people will come up with one team. But uh, yeah, like you said, I don't think it's very clear. And in doing research for this, I think I've kind of changed my answer of who I would have uh, you know immediately said. So uh, maybe we'll explore that here in a little bit. There you go. So. Um... So we um, so we looked at SRS ratings, which is we've talked about before, take into account point differential and strength of schedule. Uh, also, we talked about with seasons with the C, with a winning percentage above 600 and finals and conference finals appearances. Also, considering elite individual seasons, which we used a, a baseline of above 11 win shares and win shares per 48 above 1.8. Uh, so that's kind of the you know just kind of where we went with with math. I mean, obviously we're you know using some common sense here and 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 going beyond that, but but that's sort of the you know basic baseline of what we kind of set to sort of like you know that's sort of the starting point, I guess you could say. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so first we picked the uh, the Utah Jazz. Um, they had six seasons of an SRS above five, which is. How would you describe like that? That's that's like a um, like a deep playoff team usually. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's not necessarily. Really, yeah, not necessarily going to be championship. You know, finals contender for sure. It depends. Western Conference Finals or Conference Finals. It, yes. Pretty much a, a very good chance of that team is going to make the the Conference Finals, which is is no no slouch. Like I think you know we sort of define a lot of stuff by NBA Finals, but I think consistently making your Conference Finals is is, is an important thing to do. It's, I think it's important. It, it it does tell a lot. You know, you can't get over that hump of, of whoever, but that's a big deal. I mean, you you've you've proven a that you're good in the regular season, and you've also beaten a lot of teams. You know, on the way there, especially in the nineties. Uh, you've gone through a few rounds to get there, and that's 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 impressive. Absolutely, yes. And um, so they um, they had nine seasons um, above uh, six hundred winning percentage. Only one season where they had under fifty wins, not including the ninety nine lockout season, obviously because there were fifty games that year. No one went undefeated that year. <laughs> uh, they won forty seven games in ninety three. Um, they had two finals appearances, losing both times in ninety seven ninety eight. Um, they had three additional conference finals appearances, which I think, which, uh, you know, like I had sort of forgotten about, like they made yeah. that oh, yeah, yeah. finals, you know, 92, 94, and 96, like, like the even years. Um, yeah, 90, 92, they could have uh, spoiled. They, they actually took Portland to six games in that Western Conference finals. And that's kind of funny. They could have spoiled uh, the, the famous Jazz Bulls matchups that we had in the late 90s. It could have been an early Jazz Bulls you know, uh, <laughs> uh, finals, which actually would have been pretty fascinating. Cause I think they're, you know, dramatically different teams, of course. So that would have been, that would have been fun to see. Yeah, that would have been, um, that, that obviously is mostly cause the jazz wouldn't have horrible uniforms when they were in the final. Uh, that's true. Yeah. That, that we could actually appreciate them more and not scoff at the very look of them in the finals with those hideous uniforms. But yes, that, that plug for a recent podcast yeah. insert here. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an interesting, um, 
uh, yeah, that, that would have been a very interesting uh, uniform-wise uh, uh, podcast. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and then they had, uh, I counted 16 elite player seasons, nine for Carl Malone, seven for John Stockton. Um, they played as a, at the level of a championship contender for basically the whole decade. Only um, um, they had uh, six seasons of a five plus SRS and only dipping below three once they um, and, and really, you know, they only lost to, to worse opponents, uh, you know, on on two occasions. So so they did. They played pretty well in the playoffs, you know. Once they got there, either I mean they they beat the teams they should have beaten. They had a couple of upsets, you know. I mean they um you know they 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 didn't underachieve in the playoffs, unlike some of the franchises that we uh, know and love. Yeah, I mean if you really look at it in terms of the teams that they you know going through their playoff history and looking at you know the losses, of course you know seasons they didn't make the finals or or, or didn't win the championship, uh, of course you know all those seasons. But if you look at it, there really there wasn't like a, oh my god the Jazz should have easily won this. How did they not or whatever? You look at every single year. I mentioned the the 92 uh, They took Portland to six games in the Western Conference Finals. But that was a great Portland team, so I'm not really going to put that against them. Uh, you know, 95, 96, they took Seattle to seven games in the Western Conference Finals before eventually falling. That Sonics team, I mean, I, that might be one, but that was a really, really good Sonics team. Of course, then would make it to the finals, and then were, were good challengers to the Bulls in the NBA Finals. So um, that's certainly one that I, I, I wouldn't discredit. But uh, yeah, I thought that 50, uh, the 95, 96 was interesting too because they took Seattle to seven games in the Western Conference Finals, almost made it to the NBA Finals, and that would of course make two straight NBA Finals after that. So you look at the record of just a team that every single year is in the picture. I mean, there, there's a, a three-year period where they're pretty much either going to win the fight or, or you know, get to the NBA Finals or they're right there in it. And that's that's I think that's important. I mean, yeah, they never won that title. They never got those rings. But, man, those are a lot of really good seasons. Like you said, the seasons above 600% winning percentage, nine of them. Like that, that's... That was a great, great both regular season and playoff team, you know, every single year, which is, is is important, I think. Yeah. Who, you know, who do you think was probably like the the third most important player in those um, in those jazz years? I mean, obviously, uh, Malone and Stockton are one and a two. Hornacek, maybe? Yeah. I mean, he was there for, I mean. I, he was the late, those late years. Yeah. yeah the early it ones, was like, I don't know, like uh, Tyrone Corbin. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Yeah, who did they have on those? Because yeah, Hornacek got there in uh, in '94. Um, so I mean, because he was a Sixer prior, because right? he was on the Suns and then he went to the Sixers, correct? Right, yeah, he spent a year and a half. Was that the okay? Yeah, a, right. a year and a half with the Sixers and then was traded to the Jazz in '94 and then spent was it like Benoit Benjamin or like the, the rest <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's interesting how yeah there aren't like a whole lot of guys at least that I can think of that spent like. Most I know of, Jeff Malone was there a lot of years. Uh, yeah, uh, but that that was more confusing me in video games forever. I feel like that <laughs> like, was more in the '80s. I mean, Antoine Carr was there for about four years. Yeah. Um, David Benoit. I didn't mean Benoit Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, who I don't remember um, very well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting how you know, but but, but I guess that's. Um, it just show goes to show you, you know, you have Stockton and Malone, and you can build a great team around that. You know, they, they you didn't really necessarily have the continuity. I mean, I guess the Bulls did overhaul their team quite a bit from the first. Um, yeah, but those three years were fairly consistent in terms of. I mean, and you didn't really need much other than role player. But yeah, the, the starting five was pretty much locked in stone. 
each one of those three years yeah. with a roving cast of like nobody, yeah. you know, bench guys or whatever, yeah. which was fine. They didn't. Yeah, Byron play. Russell was there from '94 through uh, okay. 2002, so he was he was there for quite a bit of it. But I mean, you could make a legit case for like five guys, and I think that's what tells the whole tale. There is like, you know, you could say Tyrone Corbin, and I, I don't think I would be, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, that you could, and, but yeah, it's it's. It's yeah. I know Tom Chambers was there for a few years, too, wasn't he? Like really like mid 30s Tom Chambers. And it wasn't it wasn't very good. Um, he was. Was he there? I, I seem to remember I, some. I, I most of my memories of 90s basketball comes from video games. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mark Eaton was there till through 93. Um, I, I am. Oh yeah. Here's uh here's Mr. Uh, Tom Chambers, 93, 94, 94, 95. Ah, okay. okay so there you go. I remember him in like NBA live 95. Okay. I yeah. Yeah. I, I sort of vaguely remember that now. Okay. Yeah. He missed a year and then he went to play in Israel for a year. Um, yeah, I did not realize that. There you go. Um, so, um, yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, there you go. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind Good of, case. it's kind of interesting that they maintained this consistent, excellence for basically the entire decade despite having such a you know, other than Sacha Malone they didn't have a whole lot of guys who were there for that entire yeah. run or, or even for like you know most of that I mean yeah I think six seasons is the most that anybody else was there for kind of the entire run and like anybody was there for like eight years you know so um so interesting stuff um so next uh the uh we, we went with the uh, Seattle Supersonics and this is a a team that was maybe even more impressive in the regular season compared to the jazz or anybody else in this list, but they hasn't playoff disappointments. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, we talked about the jazz and in terms of uh, you looking through their playoff record and going, Oh man, they, you know, there weren't many teams that you thought the jazz should have beaten, didn't beat. Well, you look at the supersonics and I think the, the, the mid nineties has a lot of those, you know, of course the most glaring example, the 94 nuggets, you know, Seattle's the one seed, the nuggets, are the eight seed, uh, they dropped that playoff series. And that's, that's a great Sonics team at that point too. I mean, of course in two years they would, uh, you know, make it to the NBA finals, but then the year after that 94, a lot of people don't talk about this one, uh, the 95 Lakers, uh, beat them. And that's, you know, not a great Lakers team. If you really look at it, like there's really no, you know, the supersonic should have handled them pretty easily and, and, and didn't. So, um, I think that's an important one to sort of bring up as well, uh, other than the 94 uh, Nuggets. And then they also dropped a series to the 98 Lakers. But at that point, the Lakers were starting to kind of get things together and, of course, uh, would have the makings of the team that would then go on to win the three-peat you know, a little bit later. So that one I wouldn't really put on. But you look at those 94 Nuggets and those 95 Lakers, and you look at you know what could have happened. And, of course, that 94 Nuggets team, especially because that bounces them from the first round as a number one seed. So that's really it. But, I mean, otherwise, regular season, great. But, yeah, playoff, there was a ton of disappointment. And when they eventually made the NBA Finals, uh, against the Bulls in '96, they had a pretty good run, and and, and they were actually, uh, you know, gave that team a, a little bit of a run for its money. But as we saw, that was kind of fleeting, and they wouldn't really get to that elite level again, you know, the rest of the decade or, or really ever. Yeah, <laughs> again. I mean, they went down, they went down three on that series, but then they made it tough, got it to three two, and then I and, and came close to winning game three if, or game six of our car, or at least threatened for a while, but. Um, but obviously that, that didn't work out so well for them. Yeah, I was, I was speaking of that that 94-95 Lakers team. I know I was doing a little bit of look at it. I mean, that is I, in my mind, it's, it's like a fun team, and I enjoy this team. But like the Sonics should have beat like the Cedric Sabalas was your leading scorer. Uh, Nick Van Exel was your second leading scorer, and Vladi Divac was your third leading scorer. I mean, you, I, you know, Seattle, you probably should have beat. Yeah, them. Uh, that's uh, Sam Bowie off the bench, though. I mean, that's that's gonna be tough. So yeah, well, you know, you you, you don't want to mess with Sam Bowie. Kurt Rambis, Kurt Rambis was there as well. So. <laughs> nice. You know, the I feel like the um, I feel like the Lakers did that like with almost every one of like their classic '80s players. Like they brought them back for like a season. 
like like uh byron scott they brought back for kobe's yeah season. oh yeah, yeah, yeah um you know magic came back for like a cameo after the retirement or even more than a cameo but like for 30 games he has a coach for <laughs> a very brief spell which out. <laughs> like i feel like like almost all those guys did something else for the lakers in some sort of uh capacity i mean i'm sure other franchises have done that as well i guess the lakers you know being better known those players being better known because of how many finals they made and all that good stuff but um it just uh, strikes me as interesting um karambas of all people uh being brought back but yes um <laughs> the the sonics had six seasons above a six srs which is really good six seasons also above um 600 uh winning percentage um six straight 55 win seasons or 55 or more win seasons uh one finals appearance an, an additional conference finals appearance um in 93 and then and this is actually surprisingly low. Uh, only six elite player seasons, three for Gary Payton, two for Sean Kemp, and one for Detlef Shrimp. And again, kind of you know, based on the criteria that I made, which you know, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe you you can argue with that criteria, but we had to set something, so that was kind of what we did. Exactly. So, so. Um, yeah, but that that um, but still, yeah. I mean, again, if if it weren't for the playoff failures, they might be my favorite um, in this. But you just can't really you can't really ignore that. Yeah, um, I mean, they're, they're glaring. I mean, it really hurts the, the, yeah. their legacy, or at yeah. least how I thought of them, because they're they're one that I thought was going to be higher up on my list. And when it was all said and done, I'm doing a little bit of the research and looking. Oh man, this team is really, you know, great regular season, but just could not get it done. And and it's not like they. I'm not going to hold them against, you know, if they made the Western Conference Finals a bunch and then lost or made it to the Finals a bunch and lost. But, like, the first-round exits, you know, losing to that Lakers team, those are ones that are just so glaring when you look at it. And it's like, man, you, you got to win those. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, that, those are obviously lesser teams that beat you in the playoffs, and that that, that hurts always. Yeah. The, the 98 one, I mean, the Lakers were... Yeah, I'm not going to count. That That I put as, like, a kind of a question mark. That was a budgeting Lakers team. That they wasn't, All yeah. the parts weren't there yet, but it was it was ready the, to Those go. teams had the same record, 61 wins each, and... You know, yeah. I mean, you, they had the um, the Sonics did not have much of a, uh, uh, you know, Vin Baker was not was unable to stop Shaq, uh, surprisingly enough. So <laughs> shocking. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> Prime Shaq was a no match or Vin Baker was no match for Prime Shaq. Right. Exactly. So um, so next is the uh, next is the San Antonio Spurs, who um, had four seasons above um a five SRS and then five seasons between two and four, which is more just like pretty good, like middling second round playoff team type uh, level. Yeah. So, but, but you know, a, a team that was a contender to go reasonably deep in the playoffs every season of the nineties, which I, again, I think they may have been the only team that we kind of looked at here who were like, Every why well, I guess the the only season they they did have one season where they dropped off could because of the uh, David Robinson injury and that was the yeah, they exactly. got they got um, Tim Duncan so never mind on, so it worked out yeah they, that worked out <laughs> fine for them but the, yeah I, I, I I'm not sure there was a team I guess the, the Jazz would have been the only team that were like was uh, they never had good a or great off, every yeah. year yeah every right, other right. team had probably had like a season or two where they dropped off but um, yeah but it's fascinating I mean you look at the Spurs and that and that's one of the things I think we've at least one of our goals with the podcast in terms of stuff that we've done recently is is bringing awareness to the fact that the Spurs were a goddamn good team before Tim Duncan got there. I mean, like, I'm not, like, I don't think anybody claims that they were a bad team or whatever, but people kind of assume Duncan got there, then Popovich comes, and then everything's ready to go. But it's like, you know, under Bob Hill with David Robinson, that was a really good Western Conference team. And, of course, the Western Conference, you know, wasn't was you know, what it is today. But, that, I mean, consistently, that's a it's a really, really good team. And, yeah, like, you look at six, um, 55-plus win seasons, 
uh, that you know throughout the decade, uh, just just you know eight seasons above six hundred uh, win percentage. It's a really good team. I mean, it's a consistently great team. Like you said, the SRS kind of puts them in in, in sort of like a, a second round team. But you know, with that said, I mean, they're they're just a really good, well rounded team. I think at, at this point, and really have have a lot of depth in terms of just doing it a lot of times throughout the decade. Yeah, um, and they had one finals appearance. They won in 99. They had another a conference finals appearance in 95. That's sort of an infamous series where um, Houston uh, smashed the Spurs and um, and Hakeem uh, sort of embarrassed uh, David Robinson, although we've sort of said that's a little bit overstated. But uh, nevertheless, he clearly won that matchup um, handily. And uh, they had nine elite player seasons, eight for David Robinson, one for Tim Duncan. Of course, he debuted in um, – 90 he debuted in 98 and then 99 probably would not have counted because uh, basically nobody played enough games for the win chairs mm-hmm. totals to um to fit there and there was no way of doing it a search that would have uh, fit that as well so we didn't we didn't count that but you, you can probably <laughs> count on that season being a uh, pretty strong i'm sure it was yes so um and um, you looked into how many times they, they lost to worse opponents and that, that's kind of a surprising answer to me Given their reputation yeah, at the time, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if we can kind of go through these right now, and I'll, I guess I'll give you a, a little bit of an idea because yeah, I was kind of surprised. I don't know if I saw a team where I said, yeah, the, the Spurs should have beat that team, you know, in the playoffs or whatever. And there's, there's obviously teams they lost to that were better than them, but I just, I, I don't know if I found one that I really thought was, uh, you know, a surprise. You know, eighty nine, ninety, the Spurs lost to the Portland Trailblazers. You know, yeah, that, I, that, yeah, and then that was, uh, you know, that was a Trailblazers team that, of course, they they made the finals that year. With yeah, ninety, they made the finals that year. So yeah, yeah, exactly uh, against the Pistons, and then uh, ninety ninety one, the Spurs lost to the Golden State Warriors in the first that, round. I mean, that's maybe the only one I would bring up, but that was a really good Warriors team at that time. Yeah, that was run TMC. That was yeah, yeah exactly. Mullen Hardaway and Mitch Richmond. Um, yeah, th- now they. Um, the Spurs had a much better record because the the Warriors had forty four wins and the Spurs mm-hmm. had. Um, uh, in the 50-ish wins range. So, th- so that yeah. So that that's maybe one that I put a question mark next to. But as far as my like personal bias, I would kind of be like, yeah, I know, I think that Warriors team. But that could just maybe yeah, me yeah 55 games. Percent. So that yeah, Larry Brown versus yeah. uh, Don Nelson. That's that's sort of that would be an interesting series to look at. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more in detail, but um, yeah. So so the, but so that one would would I would I would say, but you know, it's not necessarily like a. It's not a slam dunk on that, in that right. respect. Uh, 91, 92, uh, they lost to the Suns. Uh, this is prior to Barkley yeah. going to the Suns, I believe. So that that might be it one was, again because well, still... yeah, I mean, no, the Suns were the higher seed and they had fifty three wins. So yeah, so you know, you wouldn't necessarily say, um, yeah, I would not count that one. Yeah, and then of course the next year uh, they lost to the Suns yet again, and that was you know of course the Barkley yeah, 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 even better team. Um, so. So yes, that's a um, yeah. I would definitely definitely say that 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 was not um, one of the teams that that you would pick for sure. So yeah, ninety three, ninety four. Uh, they won fifty five games. They lost to the Jazz in the first round. That is probably the one that I picked that I would probably put an asterisk next to. That they eh, probably should have beat that team, but you know, Jazz are Jazz are a good team. Uh, ninety four, ninety five. They lost to the Rockets, of course, which you know they went on to win the title for the Rockets. So. I'll let that one. Uh, 95, 96, they lost to the Jazz. Again, you know, you can make a case. I mean, this Spurs team won 59 games, so they probably sh- should have beat the Jazz, but, you know, it's not them alone. That's a tough, tough one to keep. Uh, 96, 97, of course, they missed the playoffs that year, so that one does not count. Uh, 97, 98, they lose to the Jazz yet again. The Jazz will go to the finals, so, you know, that's, again, not one. And then uh, 98, 99, they won the NBA Finals. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> it's like, you know, you don't go through too many. And then uh, 90 uh, to 2,000, if we count those, that's probably the big one that I would bring up. 53-win uh, team. They also the Suns uh, in the first round. That probably should not have happened. Um, I think Duncan was hurt for that one, though. If I remember correctly, he was hurt. Yes. So maybe that, yeah, if I remember correct, yeah, that, that was the case. But so, yeah. yeah, that's about it. But yeah, no, it, it, it's a pretty clean record if you look at it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like it. Good job. Good job, San Antonio. Way to way to be successful in the nineties. <laughs> right. um, uh, next, we have the uh, the Houston Rockets, who I would say would probably be the favorite. Um, would have been my favorite before I looked into it deeply, and I still certainly respect their accomplishments. And, and if anyone wants to make an argument that they are, um, I'm certainly willing to entertain that. But surprisingly, they had only one season above a, f- a four SRS. Never had above a five. And four seasons between a two and a four. And then those, again, are usually levels that are like mid, you know, second round playoff team um, mm-hmm. type levels. They did have five seasons above uh, 600. Um, they had three seasons with 55 plus wins. Two finals appearances, which they both won in 94 and 95. Uh, one additional conference finals appearance in 97. That was kind of the last hurrah for the Elijah Wan, um, Barkley, uh, Drexler team. Um, after they'd added Barkley, of course. Um, and then two elite player seasons, both for Olajuwon. So, I don't know, what, what's the biggest surprise for you as far as that goes? I think the biggest thing is the SRS of not being that high. And I think we sort of knew that, that one of those teams um, wasn't a great, you know, the, the one of the title teams uh, had one of the lowest SRSs ever for a title team, which... You know, I knew, but I thought they had a few more in there. But yeah, they're just not. I don't know. I guess I was. I, I came in thinking they were going to be my favorites. They won those two titles. You know, they had a large one before that. They were in the Western Conference. I sort of assumed that they were better in the early nineties. And they're, you know, there's no slouches. They're very good. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just like the resumes of a few of the other teams we mentioned, like the Jazz, and I think even you know the Spurs or the Sonics. I think all have better cases, you know, as being a team of the nineties, you know, more through and through. Whereas the Rockets, you know. They, they won an NBA, you know. They won two NBA titles, but other than that, I don't know if there's much there. Yeah, and they had a they had a, a rough regular season um, in the ninety before the ninety five title, and then they made the Clyde Drexler trade and started playing better. And then you know, of course, uh, were the sixth seed, and then ended up um, upsetting uh, four favored teams, you know, on the road to to win that title. One of the more remarkable playoff runs of all time. But yeah, they were always, and we talked about this a little bit uh, in a, a recent podcast of the greatest uh, starts ever, uh, which has unfortunately been now a little bit outdated because of how great Golden State has started this season. Um, but, but they were a, a team that seemed to be larger than the sum of its parts. Um, even yeah. if you look at the rosters of those teams, they weren't necessarily like the most impressive um rosters ever um but uh you but, but for whatever reason they they won and they especially those those two years they obviously benefit from some timing of um jordan having retired and the bulls not being the juggernaut that they, they you know that they were um when he was there and um but but still i mean it's um yeah i mean the their peak season was 93-94 that they had a a a 4.19 SRS which is um only six champions since the 77 season have had a lower mark including the 95 Rockets who won it at 2.32 uh, which I believe is the lowest mark um 
mm-hmm. you know, at least least in the um, the merger era. Um, the, I, there might be a, a bullets. The bullets championship might be slightly lower off the top of my head, but it's it's definitely on that on that low um, range. And you know, and, and most of those are like in an era where during the seventies in an era where there was just kind of weird parody, um, which has not really been the case, um, you know, since then for the most part. So the Rockets are kind of an outlier in that way. And a, you know, and and a maybe they just had something in them that was greater than. The numbers make them look, but you know, as far for our purposes, I I think I'm knocking them slightly below, um, you know, definitely the Jazz um, on mm-hmm. this list so far. Yep, I agree. Um, so uh, next, a um, and it, we're kind of I think we've made like really the cases that are actually fairly strong. I think we've already kind of made those cases. Like I don't know if anybody else on this list really has a strong case, but these are more just kind of fun to think about uh, and yeah, fun, yeah, fun to sort of talk about. So uh, next is the New York Knicks. They had two seasons above five in SRS, five seasons between two and four, um, six seasons above 600 winning percentage, four seasons with 55 plus wins, two finals appearances in 94, 99, which they both they lost. Uh, interesting spread apart in the um, finals appearances, uh, an additional conference finals appearance in 93. And then three elite player seasons uh, all for Ewing. W- more than Olajuwon, which uh, kind of shocked yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, oh, only having two for Olajuwon elite seasons uh, just was sort of, um, you know, and we've talked about sort of Olajuwon not quite looking as strong as other guys in those um, in those advanced stats, um, you know, um, compared to some of the other, other big men, even though obviously compared to almost anybody else, they look really good. But um, anyway, uh they had so they basically had two elite seasons um in 93-94 otherwise had several good teams that weren't likely to win their championship the finals team in 99 uh, only had a 1.45 SRS that was a team that improved dramatically later in the season thanks to health and thanks to some luck and thanks to 99 being a weird season because of the lot <laughs> right yeah yeah they're they're uh they they just don't have a great all-around case good decent case but yeah i i think not as strong as some of those Western Conference teams that we talked about, but not bad. Yeah. And you brought up something interesting about sort of like who they faced along the way. Yeah. And, and in the they had a lot of roadblocks. Yeah. They had a lot of roadblocks along the way in terms of just different teams that they just could not get over the hump from. <laughs> and it's sort of, it's very, you know, I, I get Knicks fans' plights of the 90s or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, lost to the Bulls twice in the early 90s, you know, then the Rockets in the finals, then they lose to the Pacers, uh, the Bulls, then kind of get upset by the Heat in, in, in a little bit of a way, uh, lose to the Pacers again, and then lastly, the Spurs in the NBA finals. They just, <laughs> couldn't get over the hump of, of, of some of those teams and it's just it's interesting especially the Bulls they just they couldn't do it and then once they finally you know got kind of away from the Bulls then it was the Pacers and then it was the Heat and then you know they just just rough little go for the uh the Knicks but yeah that's all right uh you I mean other than the Rockets and the Heat I would imagine that they would not have been favored in any of those of the series no yeah of course those early 90s Bulls teams yeah. no way uh, maybe um, the Pacers I don't know yeah maybe the, the Pacers yeah but that close. was a, those were very even though I think those that's why that was such a dramatically great you know sort of those series because I think they were very well balanced teams and and really sort of worked well off each other. I think that's what made that such a good rivalry. It was just like you don't know who's going to win. Like either team has an easy chance to win that. Yeah. So that's fun. And speaking of the Pacers, they um, had uh, one season above six SRS, four seasons between three and four, 
uh, four seasons above uh, 600 winning percentage, four conference finals appearances, 94, 95, 98, 99, which is actually one more than the than the uh, Knicks had. Of course, the Knicks had two finals appearances and the Pacers did not. But I, that was kind of interesting. Um, and they had seven elite player seasons um, all by uh, Reggie Miller. So that um, also stood out to me uh, a little bit as well. Um, the Pacers did. They were upset at least once by the Hawks. Um other than that, I'm not sure that they really ever lost. Yeah, other than again, maybe the Knicks, depending on the yeah, season. Yeah. I don't think they ever really like lost to a team that that. Yeah, I don't think there was ever a year it was like than, or better than. So yeah, I don't think there was ever a year it was like, oh my god, this Pacers team is ready to go, and I cannot believe they lost to X or whatever. Sure, sure. Um, and then next we have the uh, Phoenix Suns. They had four seasons above five SRS, four between three and five, which is actually a fairly high um, number. Uh, a lot of West teams did pretty well in these uh, numbers. Yeah. You know, the West competition was pretty tough um, during the decade. Uh, I guess the Bulls were, in some respects, lucky to kind of be in the East because they may have had a tougher road to the playoffs uh, in some sometimes if they were playing out in the West. So they beat every they beat everybody in the West. So yeah, know, so maybe they'd been fine, but. Um, had realignment gone differently in the 70s, perhaps they would have had a tougher uh, road to hoe, so to speak. Um, they had seven seasons above 600, which, um, other than the Jazz, might be the most, I think, of any team. Uh, yes, yeah, seven. The, the Spurs uh, days. So, oh, Spurs, yeah. Okay, yeah, right, right. so, um, which is kind of interesting. Because um, I don't think much, you know, once Barkley left, you don't really think of those teams as being particularly, like, stout. But they, you know, no, they had some all. good seasons in the late, uh, in the late 90s, too. Um, they had a finals appearance in 93, one additional conference finals appearance in 1990 against the Lakers. Um, they had five elite player seasons, three for Kevin Johnson, one for Charles Barkley and one for Jeff Hornacek. Jeff Hornacek. Yeah. Welcome to the party. (laughs) Nice. Welcome. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, next we have the Portland trailblazers who, um, had four seasons above five and five seasons between two and four SRS four seasons above 600 winning percentage. Two finals appearances in 90 and 92. Also, two additional conference finals appearances in 91 and 99. Of course, the early 90s teams and the late 90s teams were very different in um, in personnel, um, whereas most of these other teams, if not all these other teams, um, you, you, you had at least one or two signature players mm-hmm. on the early and on the late teams. Um, elite player seasons, there were um, six total, three for, three for Clyde Drexler, Two for Terry Porter and one for Kenny Anderson, which kind of which surprised me. <laughs> yeah, I mean he, yeah, uh, Portland was sort of a we, you know, it was kind of a good fit for him for a few seasons. Yeah. You know, he kind of bounced around after that, but um, uh, but yeah, he had um, you know, he, he did have a, a strong year or two in um in Portland. So um, yeah, I mean they they lost to the Spurs that year in '99. I don't particularly remember um, that series being anything, um, you know, standout. I mean they they didn't really get back to a point where you thought they could make a finals until you know the next year when they got Pippen and they almost beat the Lakers in that uh, conference finals before that before their huge collapse. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, they had three seasons above six SRS, three seasons between two point five and four point five. I, I had to narrow that one. Be a little specific about that one. Um, they had six seasons above six hundred uh, winning percentage, 
one finals appearance, which they lost in 91, and an additional conference finals appearance in 98, and two elite player seasons, uh, both for Magic Johnson. Uh, surprisingly, Shaq didn't. Yeah, surprised Shaq didn't make those. It must uh, have been. Early Shaq yeah, days, I yeah. mean, it must have been he didn't play enough games because um, otherwise mm-hmm. that that wouldn't um, that that wouldn't make a lot of sense because um, obviously he was pretty great. Um, <laughs> and then um, two more, the Orlando Magic. They had a two seasons above a five SRS, two seasons between three and four, um, four seasons above 600 winning percentage, one finals appearance, um, and then additional conference finals appearance in 96, where they lost to the Bulls after having beaten the Bulls in a 95 in the uh, in the playoffs. Of course, we don't remember that. Um, <laughs> they had three elite player seasons, two for Shaq and one for Penny Hardaway. Yep, that seems fair. Yeah, and and um, yeah, I mean, th- we talked about them a little bit before, but they if they had kept Shaq and Payne together, a lot. I mean, people just like they seemed like they were going to be like this dynasty. You know, people kind of like how yeah, oh, yeah, the yeah. club of the thunder a few years ago, and you know that hasn't quite worked out like people thought. Um, Shaq leaving, and then of course Penny getting hurt. You know, the heat, two major factors in that, and um, um. And then next we have the Detroit Pistons, who are kind of a weird choice here because really their best seasons were, you know, they, they were kind of done by 91, 92, but they did have some, some strong regular seasons in the late yeah, 90s yeah. that, um, but were not, um, you know, obviously didn't have a complex time. time. Yeah, didn't, weren't didn't really do anything. But, <laughs> yes. They, um, had two seasons above five, four seasons between two and four SRS, um, three seasons above 600 winning percentage. The, uh, made the won the 1990 uh, NBA Finals, made the conference finals in '91. That's the infamous year where they were swept by the Bulls, and then they walked off the court before the uh, the time went off the clock. Um, and then two elite player seasons, one for Dennis Rodman and one for Dennis Daniel. Rodman. Yes. So no Isaiah. Yeah, that's yeah. That's no Isaiah. Yeah. Well, no Isaiah. No Dumars. Kind of ate, yeah. Isaiah ate by yeah. then. Dumars never really had like. I mean, he was like a steady, really good for a long time, but he was never really like had like elite years. I don't think. Yeah. At least not production wise. You know, you could argue, you know, defense and other intangibles. Maybe he did reach that level, but as far as you know, actual, you know, what the numbers tell us, not so much. Um. Yeah. So. Um. So that's about it. Um, I, I did look. I'll, I'll go through these very, very briefly. These these yeah, were yeah. like way, way, way like borderline. But um, the uh, the Cavs had two seasons above a five SRS, four seasons between two and four, uh, two seasons above a six hundred winning percentage. They had a conference finals in ninety two. What I was surprised is they had they had four elite player seasons, uh, two for Brad Doherty, one for Larry Nance, and one for Terrell Brandon. Yeah, late ninety. So. <laughs> That's a hell of a team, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, three guys. They yeah, were like, really, uh, you know, they were a very good team for a few years in the early nineties. Yeah. I mean, they really did give the Bulls some. Well, you, I mean, I guess reasonably some trouble. I mean, they, if the Bulls hadn't have been there, they definitely, you know, they could have snuck into a finals for sure. Oh, you know? certainly. I mean, yeah. they won fifty-seven games in ninety-two, fifty-four, ninety-three. Um, strong, you know, five plus SRS both those seasons. Um, so, you know, those Lenny Wilkins years, they they had some um, 89, too, which doesn't fall in our purview, but they also had another strong year that year. So, you know, they were a team that could have had that, a chance for that. Um, Atlanta Hawks, they had um, two seasons above 4.9 SRS, two seasons between two and four, four seasons above 600, which might be a little bit of a surprise. No conference finals appearances. They did have um, three elite player seasons, one for Dominique Wilkins toward the end of his um run one for uh, Dikembe Mutombo and one for Mookie Blaylock. So some balance there. And 
those late nineties Hawks teams, I think are better than people kind of remember them. They, um, you know, 99 could have been their year if it hadn't been for the Knicks kind of getting hot. Um, 94, they had a strong season as well. Also, uh, the Knicks ended up making the conference finals there. I think they actually lost to somebody else in, in that year. So, um, Miami Heat as well. They had three seasons above a five SRS um, and three seasons above a 600 winning percentage, one conference final appearance in 97, and then two elite player seasons, both by Tim Hardaway, which I, I you kind of forget how good Tim Hardaway was for yeah. the Miami Heat. I mean, that was kind of like a he had a pretty serious injury that was after that injury, but yet he was able to kind of um, – I, I, I sort of forget sometimes how good he was actually. Yeah, I kind of think of Mourning as, as the guy. But yeah, no, it's it's Hardaway had some great years. Yeah, absolutely. Great career. Yeah, really great, great career all around. Absolutely. And then one last one, um, Boston Celtics, uh, one season above five SRS, two seasons between three and four, three seasons above 600, uh, no conference finals appearance, one elite player season. This was all at the beginning of the decade. They did, they did not have anything at the No, the data barrow sled uh, Boston Celtics, unfortunately, did not do much for us. They had one kind of good year after Bird retired, but then it was it was completely done after that. So, um, so that's about it. Wait. Yeah. One more. The Chicago Bulls without Michael Jordan. What are you doing? If you <laughs> even if you look at them in 1994, yeah. they finished 55 and 27, although they only had a 2.87 um, SRS. So not, not a strong season that that manner. But um, in 95, um, they actually were 47 and 35 They with a 4.32 SRS. And I think you could construct a scenario in which the Bulls reconstitute themselves around Scottie Pippen, who had five elite seasons in the 90s. Granted, many of those with Jordan. Horace Grant, who had one. Uh, Tony Kukoc, um, who had uh, 10-plus win share seasons in both his second and third years, could still win a championship or certainly make a finals if everything broke right, even without Michael Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that was Pippen sort of ascending to to the level that a lot of people thought he, you know, he had the potential to be. And and yeah, I think, you know, judging if if the, all the egos could kind of work out, maybe. But yeah, it it's it, it's there's a reasonable case there. I mean, a 55 win team without Jordan is is impressive. That's it, it it's there. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a fun team to look at. I, I think people forget that that team did did okay without Michael. Yeah, Jordan, exactly. Of course. Yeah, so. You know, weren't a title team, but we're, you know, a, a reputable team right. <laughs> by, their, by their standards. In the yeah. right season, I think they, I mean, they, they came pretty close in, in 94. I mean, they lost to the Knicks who made the finals that year in a seven, very tight seven game series. So, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, they were, you know, seconds away or, or, or just a few points away from winning that, which is incredible. Right. Exactly. So I do think, excuse me, I do think that they, um, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely could have made it that year and they definitely could have had a chance even if Jordan hadn't have come back. And obviously with Jordan, they were, you know, the, one of the most incredible Instantly teams. Become a title yeah, team. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. Uh, anything else, Rich? That is all I think. All right. Oh, who, who are you selecting? Who's your team? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, gun to your head, sir. Who are you picking? <laughs> well, please don't put a gun to my head. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I, uh, I but I'm going to go through Utah jazz. Damn. <laughs> That's the first time I think I've ever sneezed on the air. Um, <laughs> uh, I was gonna go with the Jazz too, but now I gotta pick another, right? Just I to mean, be you don't have to. I mean, oh, you know. Well, I was gonna pick the Jazz too. I thought that was gonna be my surprise, but yeah, I think I think the Jazz have a really, really good case there. I think number two would probably be the Spurs. I I, I think that they have another really good case uh, with the Sonics probably third, but yeah, I, I think the Jazz are, are really 
I forget about those those Western Conference Finals appearances. You know, the other you know mentioned the '92 and the '90. You know, these odd years that they're there. I forget about those. So that they're my. I think they're my number two. Yeah, I'd still put the Rockets in the top three. Um, but you know, I I am I'm not sure. Yeah, I I, I guess I would wonder kind of where the Sonics and the Spurs would land. I feel like. The Sonics were a stronger regular season team, and I, and I don't discount that. Even with playoff disappointments, I mean, I think you know being incredible over a regular season that that is a impressive accomplishment that I think we sometimes sure. like on you know we we sometimes poo poo it when there isn't the type of playoff success. But I still think that you know that's a larger sample. I think there's you know I still think we should celebrate that when that happens. Um, so. Yeah, I, it's tough for me to to say exactly, but yeah, I would definitely I would go with Utah as number one. I think so. Cool, we've agreed. Awesome, it is official. It is official. Utah number two team in the nineties. All right. The end. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they will. Uh, they, they will accept. We'll have to make a trophy for them. It, over, yeah, over we will. Yeah. Back number two uh, team of the uh, <laughs> of the. I'm sure they'll. You know, they'll, they can give it to Derek Favors. They'll, they'll hang that up in uh, Energy Solutions Arena and. Right. Um, and and everyone will be very excited about that. I mean, maybe a banner. Maybe we can make a banner for them. Yeah, yeah. Trey Lyles can can come out. Yeah, I'm sure. Tra- accept the I'm award sure on behalf. Lyles, of what, what is Trey Lyles doing? That's I don't. Uh, yeah, when was Trey Lyles born? By the way, I think he was born like halfway through. That. Uh, probably. Yeah, I mean, he's probably like yeah, what, probably what like was twenty Trey maybe. So 1995. Yeah, that's what I was, was thinking. Yeah, so not even alive for half of the years that we're going to give them the award well, for. So you know, yeah, there's a player in we'll the video. We'll have to have him listen to the podcast before. <laughs> right. so you can understand what important it was. So he's got time. All right, Rich. Well, um, have a happy new year. You too. I, I yes. will. And we're gonna, you know, for go go there. We're gonna forage through the uh, the the new year and have more exciting podcasts for our listeners. Thanks, uh, everyone, for uh, checking us out. Everyone, have a happy new year. Uh, you can uh, find us at harborparoxysm.com. We are. Um, part of the HPB network of podcasts, which you can find that feed on, on iTunes, or you can find our own over and back feed on iTunes. Please leave us a rating and review uh, that helps other people find us and uh, check us out. Uh, you can go to over and where you, there are discussions about uh, history topics. It's our message board where people can uh, go and just talk about what they want as far as classic basketball goes. And uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook at over and back NBA. Uh, All right, uh, thanks a lot for uh, listening, and we'll be back again soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.